Good morning. Happy Easter. Stand and let's celebrate together. We're going to sing a new call to worship this morning, special just for Easter. And the words go, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive and I'm forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. So let's sing this together. He's alive, he's alive. He's alive. Let's start again. Let's start again. Yeah, let's start again. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive and I'm forgiven. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive and I'm forgiven. That's gates are open wide. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive and I'm forgiven. That's gates are open wide. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive. And he is alive, and this is the morning we celebrate that fact. And we're so glad to see everyone here this morning to celebrate with us on this Easter. Let's sing a hymn, one of my favorite Easter hymns, He Lives. is a um, contemporary song we've, we've done it before and it's just a great easter song um crucified laid behind the stone you lived and died rejected and alone but you thought of me above all during all of this so let's sing this together Above all power, 
grab some coffee. Let's go ahead and get the children up here for the children's sermon. We are very glad to have you this Easter Sunday. Go grab some coffee and a donut.
morning. Everybody looks so sharp this morning in their Easter clothes. If we keep talking, the grown-ups will sit down. So we're going to go ahead and start, okay? I want to give everybody this morning, I want to give you an Easter egg, all right? So I'm going to give everybody an egg, okay? But don't open it yet. Don't open it, okay? Everybody gets an egg. Yep, we have to, no, you don't have to wait all the way to class, but you have to wait just a few minutes, okay? Can you wait just a few minutes? Eggs and eggs. Uh-huh. <gasps> Lauren, here's your egg. It's purple. There's an egg for Lauren. Okay. All right, don't open it yet. I'm going to tell you a story, okay? Today is a special day because it's Easter, and one of the things that happened um, on Easter, the reason that we celebrate, okay, um, there was a lady, and her name was Mary Magdalene. And what she did was she went to the tomb. Because after Jesus died, they put him in a tomb. And they sealed it up really tight, just like your egg is sealed up really, really tight. Okay? And Mary went to the tomb, and she opened it up. And what do you think she saw? Oh, we'll see. Open up your egg. Can you open up your egg? One, two, three, open up your egg. What's in there? Nothing. Nothing. Your egg is empty. You know what? When Mary opened up the tomb, the tomb was empty. Jesus was gone. And she was very nervous about that. And she said, what happened to Jesus? And then two angels came and they said, Mary, what's wrong? And she said, they took my Lord. Where is my Lord? Where is Jesus? And then you know what? Somebody tapped Mary on the shoulder and she turned around. You know who it was? It was Jesus. He came back. And you know what we say on Easter? We say, He is risen. Can you say, He is risen? He is risen. Good job. Say, He's alive. He's alive. Very good. Very good. So we don't have to be sad that there's nothing in our egg, that there's nothing there, because Jesus is here. He's alive. He's with us, okay? So you don't have to be sad because there's nothing in your egg, because you know what? I got something for you to put in your egg, okay? All right, so I'm going to give you one of these while she plays Jesus Loves Me, and then we'll go back to our seats, okay? Good job, guys. Good morning. I hope we're all feeling the excitement of Easter already. I want to go ahead and tell you why I'm up here and, and, and Arthur is not up here. He had some minor, 
minor surgery Friday, um, and he's reserving his energy for his sermon, so it's going to be a good one. At least that's what I hear. That's what we all hope. So um, that's why he's not singing with us, and he's resting at the back, letting his voice rest. Um, anyway, uh, let's go ahead and get the uh, prayer cards passed out. If you'll raise your hand there in your seats, um, and an usher can come by and um, give you a prayer card. It, it, anything that, that you want us to lift up to the Lord this morning, um, and uh, it will be said out loud, so keep that in mind as you say it. Anything you don't mind us um, reading out loud as we pray a little later on. Announcements uh, for this week. Uh, there's no youth tonight. There's no church activities, I don't think, at all tonight. And um, anything special going on with the children this week? I know Greenville County Bible Study starts next Sunday. Greenville County's on spring break, so I'm sure that everybody has a lot of plans. Um, I don't think there's... These Easter lilies, if you purchased an Easter lily, you may take them after the service today. I don't think there's much to announce, which is good. We can move on with worship. When you do get finished with your prayer cards, just raise your hand back up again, and then an usher will come back and take them again. Oh, the shaving of the head. I knew somebody was going to bring that up. If you did not get to attend the potluck supper on on Wednesday night. The youth chose to shave my head in a mohawk, but it's not your traditional mohawk. It, it went this way as opposed to this way. Um, I got everything from a centaur, which is like the half horse, half man. Arthur thought I looked like that. I don't know why. And I, I, uh, Or the, <laughs> the Who's from Whoville. Um, so it was, but I did it up right nice for the potluck supper on Wednesday night, and it gave everyone a good laugh. Um, so, but it came off yesterday uh, evening, and Kelly was very happy that it came off. <laughs> so, you know, had to celebrate my birthday looking like that on Wednesday. So, all my birthday pictures will be memorable from this year for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Does anybody know of any other announcements that need to be made? Well, let us go to the Lord in prayer then. <coughs> Dear Heavenly Father, we rejoice this morning and we celebrate that you are indeed risen and living in and amongst all of our lives. We thank you that the stone was rolled away and that the tomb was empty. We thank you for the death that you endured, suffering that you endured, that that might be uh, possible, that the resurrection might be a possibility for us as well. We know what hope it brings us, knowing that this life here on this earth is not the end. Jesus was a first of many to come. And we praise you for that this morning. We ask that you would soften our hearts and open our minds that we might experience you in a new and fresh way this Easter morning. Lord, we lift up these prayers to you. We pray for healing for Mike Berg and Carl Reinick. 
We also pray, Lord, for a daughter who is searching for a new job and a new place to live. We also pray for the victims of the recent floods and tornadoes in our area and across the nation as well. As always, Lord, we lift up our troops in harm's way and their families and loved ones. May they be kept safe in the palm of your hand. Lord, we also pray for Martha Gibson's healing, that your hand would be in that situation and you would bring wholeness to all involved. Lord, these are our prayers, and we pray them in the name of your Son who taught us how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, it is my pleasure to do this. I don't think I've ever done this. He's always making some wisecrack and introducing me. But I will spare him that this morning. Here he is, without further ado. Did you walk off with the scripture? <clears throat> That's okay, I just... It's great to have these folks. I could call on any of them to lead the worship up to this point. Thank you. Um, because I'm a little concerned about my energy level right now. <clears throat> I thought for a month I've had a, the flu, and instead I had this tennis ball-sized thingy under my arm, which the doctors decided on Friday needed to come out. And it... Um, Probably nothing, probably cat scratch fever. Can you say dead kitty? <clears throat> but anyway, um, I'm, I missed singing with the gang this morning, but uh, glad to see you here. And Andy did look like a centaur, I left it, except it was not the front part of the horse that he looked like. They left his beard as well as that little mohawk, so it looked like he was a thoroughbred coming through a, you know, had the wreath put around him for winning the race is what it kind of looked like. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, he's a good sport. Let's uh, look together at the scripture lesson from John 20, verses 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Is it working? 
Okay. <laughs> then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside and saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. The disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to my father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am returning to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. Peter, John, and Mary. Sounds almost like a musical group, doesn't it? For most of the 20th century, the theological approach to the Bible was known as higher and lower criticism, whereby the authorship and the writing style and the language of the Bible were all closely examined. Literary criticism did give us many insights into the Bible, but sometime late in the 20th century, someone pointed out that the biblical narrative was passed on to us in the form of stories and that Jesus himself preferred telling stories to the teaching of systematic theology. Stories are powerful narratives, having the ability to pull us into the story causing us to identify with the various characters of the story, enabling us to share their experience. John 20 is such a story, one that invites us to do more than just read it. It calls us into itself. So on this Easter morning, let me tell you a story. It was very early on a Sunday morning while it is still dark we're told. Not only was it dark because it was nighttime, but it was a time of great darkness in the lives of Jesus's friends. Mary Magdalene was already awake. I doubt that she had slept a wink the night before at all. How could she sleep? Whenever she closed her eyes, all she saw was Jesus suffering dying, having been beaten almost beyond uh, recognition. It was dark. Mary had very little hope 
of any light ever returning. The Bible tells us that seven demons had been expelled from Mary Magdalene by Jesus. In our day, we would say that she had been severely mentally and emotionally ill. Modern movies and musicals tell us that Mary was a very beautiful, desirable woman. Perhaps part of her emotional torment had been that many men had been attracted to her beauty, but none of them had really cared for the person beneath that beauty. That's how Jesus had been different for her. He was a man who had really cared about Mary, the person. He had looked beyond her beauty to see her inner turmoil, and he had healed her pain. Now that one man who had really loved her was dead, killed for befriending her and hundreds like her who had never really been cared for by society or by the faith community. Since Jesus had died very late on Friday afternoon, just hours before the Sabbath was to begin at sundown, there had not been time for a decent burial for her friend. How ridiculous the social customs must have seemed to Mary right then. Sabbath laws were more important than a proper burial for Jesus. The same religious leaders who had executed Jesus had insisted that the Sabbath observance of Passover go on uninterrupted. But none of Jesus' friends felt very much like taking part in that sacred festival. With the end of the Passover Sabbath coming at dark on Saturday night, sunrise on Sunday would have been the first time that Mary and her friends would uh, have had an opportunity to travel in safety to, to visit Jesus' tomb. Perhaps someone would come along who would roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb so that Jesus could at long last be given a proper burial. I cannot see what's up there. I hope the right one is. Meanwhile, huddled in fear in the upper room uh, where the disciples had celebrated the Passover meal with Jesus on Thursday night, Peter, John, and the other disciples had not slept very much either. For one thing, they thought about Sunrise Sunday and the fact that that would release soldiers to come to the door and arrest them. But if that happened, did it really matter anyway? What was there to live for now? Jesus had been their whole world. They had left homes and businesses for him, convinced that Jesus was the one anointed by God to be king and Christ. But in the space of a very few days, they had seen Jesus betrayed, arrested, and crucified. They had been wrong, they now believed. If the soldiers didn't come, maybe they could return to their previous occupations. Would Zebedee let his partners return to the fishing business? Maybe Matthew could return to collecting, collecting taxes for the Romans. It was dark, dark night for these disillusioned men. Sleep would not come to them either. 
It was still dark, but Mary couldn't sleep, and so she headed for the cemetery. Daylight would be coming soon, and she wanted to be there as early as possible. She had been worrying about finding help to roll the stone away. When she arrived, she was surprised to see that it already had been rolled back. Suspecting nothing out of the ordinary, she jumped to the obvious conclusion that grave robbers had arrived before she did, or perhaps some of Jesus' enemies had decided to inflict one final insult upon him by desecrating his final resting place. She ran, we're told, even though she was exhausted. She ran to find Simon Peter and young John to report the robbing of Jesus' grave. They ran also. John, being younger and in better shape, beat Peter and Mary back to the tomb. Looking in, he saw grave cloths that had wrapped Jesus, but he didn't dare venture inside. Peter, always the impetuous one, arrived and ran right past John into the tomb. John followed. Together they looked at the burial cloths and wondered what had happened. John, being young and imaginative and the, the teacher's pet, so, so to speak, had the first glimmer of hope that something unearthly might have happened. But it is clear at this point that neither Peter nor Mary had any hope or expected anything out of the ordinary. The disciples had nothing but doubts and fears when they first encountered the empty tomb. The fact that they came to believe otherwise and to have hope again was totally unexpected by them. John and Peter returned to the place where they had been staying. Mary was left all alone, weeping her heart out as the first rays from the sun fell on that hillside. Peering inside the tomb, Mary saw some people she didn't know. Angels, we are told, but Mary still didn't recognize anything out of the ordinary. Perhaps these were just some other women, some friends of Jesus. Why are you crying, lady? They asked her. Because someone has taken away my Lord and I don't know where they've put him, she replied. Isn't it odd that according to John, the angels did not explain things to Mary? Isn't it even a greater oddity that when Jesus appeared on the scene, he doesn't make it obvious to Mary who he is? Almost playfully, Jesus repeats the words of the angels. Hey, lady, what you crying about? Who is it that you're looking for? Assuming that he was a worker in the cemetery, she replied, Sir, if you're responsible for removing the body of Jesus, tell me where you've put him and I will return him to his tomb. Jesus, now realizing that Mary's grief was not going to allow her to see the angels or even to recognize him, changed his approach. Instead of continuing to say to her, hey lady, he now dresses her personally in his distinctive voice 
and his Nazarene accent, Mary. That was all that it took to dry the torrent of tears and to awaken her faith to the reality that this gardener was none other than the Lord Jesus. He explained to her that he could not remain with her right then because he still had one more task to accomplish on our behalf, and that was to make an appearance before Almighty God. He then commissioned her as the first apostle to go and speak on his behalf, to tell his disciples that he was returning to the Father and that he was alive. So Mary, now with renewed vigor, turned to Peter, returned to Peter, John, and the others, and was the first one to ever proclaim the good news, Jesus is alive. He is risen. I have seen him. As you might imagine, Mary's news was very difficult to believe at first. As much as they wanted to believe it, they couldn't. Only after a series of events whereby Jesus appeared to them did the disciples begin to believe that it was true. There had only been darkness over their souls, but everything changed dramatically, suddenly, and permanently on the third day as hopelessness turned to absolute joy. It was truly amazing. Retired Walford professor of religion and friend of mine, Dr. Charlie Barrett, said in his textbook, Understanding the Christian Faith, a short time after Jesus' execution, something remarkable occurred among the small band of followers who had considered him a prophet. Wretched in their bereavement, they suddenly became joyous. Their new joy, they announced, came from the discovery that Jesus still lives, that he was still in their midst and promised to be with them always. It was their joy, their story, their witness to the resurrected Christ that propelled them into the world to tell others about Jesus, God's Messiah, whom God had raised from death. Those who heard the good news have passed it on from generation to generation until it comes now to us. Christians still gather on Easter's now about 1,979 years after the first one, we might find it difficult to believe because of our experience and the fact that for us death has always been a rather permanent thing. We wonder at the good news that on one occasion for God's Messiah, death was not permanent. Death had met its match and was overcome. He arose and because he lives, we can face uncertain tomorrows and the assurance that he is with us and that we will one day be with him, sharing in his resurrection glory. Amen. Let us now worship God by giving.
to sing it. Whatever you see, don't want to see. 
Whatever your eyes tell you has become me. This is not. No, it's not. It's not the end. I am making all things new Since we couldn't do that the way exactly we wanted to with this, if you'll check the church website this coming week, there will be a link to a YouTube video of it so that you might can see it on your own time or whatever. But I must warn you, I had an edited version of the video that goes along with that song, so be warned that it's, it's maybe a little bit more graphic. Um, but if you've seen The Passion of the Christ, you'll be okay with that. Uh, I believe it's the affirmation of faith now. Yes, let us stand as we affirm our faith through the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty. sing together. Him to be my Savior. 
Wonderful week. Happy Easter.